This is Wealth Curve Talk with John L. Smallwood, certified financial planner and president of Smallwood Wealth Management. With more than 30 years of experience in helping people with wealth management, financial planning, business ownership, estate planning, insurance, and more, John's here to share the news you can use to improve your financial confidence. Now, best-selling author and six-time five-star wealth manager award winner, John L. Smallwood. Hello, this is John Smallwood, Senior Wealth Advisor at Smallwood Wealth Management. Today, I'm going to be talking about a tool or a concept called the Wealth Curve Mindset Maximizer. One of the things I get often when we're talking about creating wealth, what is maximum? What is an ideal plan? Where do I start? What are the things that I should be doing? Really, what it comes down to is having about eight to 10 core things in play at all times. I want you to visualize for a second. You might be 20 years old, you might be 50 years old, you might be 75 years old or 80 years old listening to this podcast. You might be 95 listening to this, right? There's a future potential that you have and we all want to have the maximum outcome. We all want to have the best financial life that we can have. And there are things that we are going to do that are going to help us set that up. There are things that we do that are going to take away from that, right? So what I thought would be today, as we get into the end of the year, and we get into the beginning, post-COVID, post-pandemic, moving into the new years, how do I reset myself and think about if I'm going to create long-term wealth, what are the things that I need to make sure that are maximized that I can reach that potential because I know there's going to be things that are going to happen when stuff happens. Am I prepared? So the first thing that I think is really the most important part of any wealth plan is the savings rate. Think about for a second what you earn. Are you saving the maximum amount that you can and still live your life? Are you saving the maximum percentage? And the idea is if you're making under $100,000, you should be saving 10% of your gross income, or if you're making 100, it is $10,000. It doesn't necessarily mean all in your retirement plan at all, but it means are we putting away money for the long term that is gross on that 10%, not 10% of the take home, but 10% of the gross. As I cross above that $100,000 mark, I'm moving into a 15% savings rate. When I go up to a 20, you know, when I go up to 250, I'm talking about 20 to 25. And if I'm making over a million dollars a year, I should be putting away close to 30% of the income. The first thing that you got to think about is if I want to have the maximum amount of wealth in my future, I need to put away the maximum amount of money today. Time value of money. The more money I put away today, the more it grows, the more it compounds, the more compound interest and compound benefits can take advantage of that. If I'm not putting away the max amount of money, when I hit a resistance bubble or a speed bump or some kind of setback in my life, like, hey, my business has been closed for four months due to COVID and you know what happens? Can I survive? Do I have enough money set aside to take advantage of that? So savings rate is the way you get there. Sometimes we get lucky and we buy a hot stock, but most people don't, okay? Most people get wealthy by putting money aside. And if I create the habit right out of the gate, meaning I got my first paycheck and I put away that 10% and I create that habit, that habit of paying yourself first becomes the essence of what you're doing for your entire future. Once you have that habit 
it's hard not to actually do it. When you start thinking about you might be living at home still, you might be living with co-members, you need to pretend that you're out in the world, then you're actually putting away like, so I'm saving my 10%, which is my long-term money, but then I don't have rent or I have rent, right? That rent's gonna be directed towards my real estate purchase at some point. I might have student loans. Should I be paying those student loans down? That's part of savings, but we need to understand where that pressure is. I don't think you can get to maximum wealth without maximum savings rate. The second component is that the maximum amount of cash reserves, liquid available cash that I need should be 50% of my annual gross income. So if I'm making $100,000, I should be setting a target to get to that 50% of that in a liquid cash reserve. And that could be short-term bonds, that could be savings account, that could be life insurance cash values. That's something that you're going to have access to in a matter of a couple of days if you have an opportunity and or an emergency. Most people are going along without any true reserves and they have a hiccup in their business or they don't get a bonus and next thing you know, they're running up massive amounts of debt. So that cash reserve over time is building and it's a target, but that cash reserve, once it hits that certain point or falls below that certain point, you want to continually either move that money to your longer term strategy or you want to replenish the cash if you're not having that, okay? Meaning if you don't have that amount of money, something happens, you've got an issue. An opportunity presents itself such as a down market or, you know, real estate collapse or, or 2008, 2009 crisis, whatever that is, the available money, the ready money, as my grandfather called it, ready money is Aladdin's lamp. Without it, when an opportunity presents itself, if you don't have any capital to take advantage of it, you're just like everybody else. You're gonna miss it. Now, the most valuable part of having income, right, when you think about it, so you got the savings rate, you've got cash reserves. What I wanna talk about is the most valuable asset in the room is you. You're the person that gets up, goes to work, creates your business, creates your future, gets the job that you want, adds value to your job, creates that. And that in itself, we need to have maximum protection based upon where you are today and where it is that you're heading. So if I'm a building and I'm producing $100,000 a year in income, there's a maximum value to that. You wouldn't insure a building for $100,000 that's making $100,000. You just wouldn't insure it for that. You would insure it to have enough money to rebuild it so you can replace the $100,000 income. So one of the things that we want to think about is there's maximum umbrella liability policy. If I get sued, I wanna protect the income and my future income. I wanna have the maximum amount of disability protection. You are the goose that lays the golden egg. Without you, everything comes to a screeching halt. So the question is, what is maximum and how much can I get? That depends on each and every person is a little bit different based upon whether I work for a corporation and I have group coverage or I don't have group coverage. Should I really be in the group coverage? Should I buy the coverage? Should I have the coverage on the outside? These are all questions for financial planning. But the idea is, if I became disabled yesterday, do I have enough money today to maintain my lifestyle and my family and put my kids through college and pay for weddings and do all those things? That's a scary thought. Now, as I get older, that disability kind of transforms itself from disability protection to long-term care. And that maximum long-term care is something that we see eroding a lot of capital. If I don't have the wealth protected and I go into a nursing home or I need a round-the-clock nursing home, what's taken 40, 50, 60 years to accumulate often gets wiped out in a matter of a year or two. So 
we want to make sure that we have that. We have that maximum umbrella. We want to have the best will and trust for my individual circumstances. As I become more wealthy, I want to get better and better options, but I also want to be smart in thinking that if I'm creating businesses that someday are going to be valuable, which you don't know if they're going to be, but you believe that they're going to be, how you own that, where you own that, what your structure is, is super important. And the wills and trusts and the way in which you approach ownership of your assets is fundamentally one of the most important parts of creating that long lasting plan. Most people don't pay attention to this until it's too late. When we accumulate wealth, we'll worry about protecting it. And it should start from the moment go. Accumulate it in the way that it has the most protection. And then when something happens, it goes exactly where you want it to go, not to other people and other places. As we move on to the next piece, what we're seeing right now is the real estate markets are pretty heavy and a lot of houses are going for a lot of money and people are paying a lot for rent. And the idea is there's a maximum house that you can have and it's not necessarily what the bank is going to finance for you, okay? Meaning the bank will probably lend you close to 40% between you know, of your gross income. If you do that, you're never gonna have any money to save. And I've seen this over my 30 years is you go into a big big mansion and there's a little tykes furniture in the great room and you walk in and there's no drapes and there's no rugs and it's just like echoey, right? And there's no deck on the back and there's no landscaping. It's a big giant house, but there's no room for anything else. There's no room for wealth building. So what we look to do is the maximum house, maximum rental, maximum ownership is about 25% of income. If your principal interest in taxes costs more than that, something in the plan has to give. So typically what happens is savings rate gets reduced and then you start to see that we're now going backwards or we're not accumulating as much as we possibly can there. So we have that maximum mortgage, maximum real estate allocation to the plan. We talked about maximum disability coverage and we're now gonna talk about maximum life insurance coverage. The maximum life insurance strategy is something that is such an important part. If you're sitting here visualizing your future, you're not married, you're married, you have kids, you're gonna have kids, you're gonna put those kids through college, you're gonna have weddings for those kids, you're gonna accumulate wealth. Life insurance is gonna take on a different role all the way through that. It's gonna be income protection, it's gonna be family protection, it's gonna to change to asset protection, and then it's gonna be legacy protection, making sure that estate taxes are paid, long-term care strategies are basically satisfied. But the idea is that if I'm a young person and I get the maximum amount of life insurance today, typically I'm in the best shape that I've ever been. So I'm gonna lock in some of the lowest costs that I can possibly do at that point in time there's opportunities to purchase you know, additional guaranteed options so you don't have to show evidence of insurability. You can do that on the disability insurance also. But the idea is that I know that I have this future that's gonna require all these things. If I acquire why I'm young, I can convert that coverage to permanent during, depending on the policy and the type that I take, that I guarantee my insurability because the most important part of the plan is you and your insurability and your future potential. So the life insurance, the disability insurance, the long-term care, the wills, the umbrella, all of those are now basically setting you up to have maximum protection 
we have maximum savings rate, we now have maximum cash reserve. Now we're starting to dive into what are all the things that I want to accomplish during my lifetime. And I like to call these things financial pressures. Like if I have four kids and I'm going to put them through college, what's my savings rate? There's the long-term maximum savings rate, but there's also these special needs things that I may need to do from a standpoint of, I want to do a second home. I want to build a business. I want to buy a boat. I want to buy that luxury car. I want to do these things. These are things that are going to create pressure that might require additional savings to come out of my lifestyle, right? And be redirected into other areas because typically the 15% savings or the 10% savings, whatever we want to discuss is really geared towards accumulating wealth for retirement. And in a lot of cases, 10 to 15%, depending upon what part of the country you live in, may be all you can do based on the cost of housing. But one of the things that I, as a maximum lifestyle kind of strategy is no more than about 40% of what I earn. So on that $100,000 example, let's just use that for an example to get a visual, okay? 10,000 is going into savings. Probably between FICA, Medicare, state level tax, I've got about 25% going into my taxes. And then there's the lifestyle, which is 40%. If lifestyle exceeds 40%, the client can never actually spend money. So go back to my $100,000 example, 40,000 to lifestyle, then you got 25,000 going to the house. You might have 20,000 going to your income taxes and then you've got 10% going into savings. You're right up against the wall. I'm not even sure if that math makes sense right now. I'm just kidding, but you have the 25, you have that 65, you have 85, then you have the 10 to 15%. You have to think through this is what I wanna be doing with this money, if I have maximum savings rate and I'm building up that cash, now I'm putting money into places in my plan that are now long-term driven. So for example, if I work for a company and they happen to have a 401k plan, am I participating in the 401k plan up to the maximum match? If I'm not doing that, I'm leaving money on the table. And then there's nuance of should I be putting more money to the 401k or 401 Roth or should I be building money on the outside? And that really comes down to what are your goals? What are you trying to get to? The 15% should go certain places based upon you and what you want to achieve. To me, if you're a business owner, once the business is mature, you can take profits out and invest it in stock market and other related places. But while it's growing and you're really nurturing and growing, you might want to put all your money back into your business and grow it. That's a form of investing. That's where the risk is. You know, if you're owning a business and you're taking profits out, you don't necessarily want to plow those profits back into risky assets. You might want to develop a more stable strategy based upon what your business goal is. So this maximization mindset is that if I approach my plan as to the only solution to anything ever is I want more and I want better, right? So I want to have the max amount of wealth in the future. Well, it comes from having the max amount of savings rate. It comes from having cash reserves. It comes from having a maximum umbrella. It comes from having maximum disability coverage, having the best will, having my house at the right ratio, having life insurance at the right ratio, having long-term care at the right ratio, and not letting the lifestyle creep out of control and take over my ability to save money. Because what happens is, if lifestyle is too high, savings is too low, always. And then really understanding what is the future financial pressure that you're gonna have, and pressure comes in two different formats, right? One is from positive pressure, which is market returns. Hey, maybe I'm gonna inherit money. 
are my wills and my trusts and my situation set up so that I'm inheriting money in the proper way. But it's this mindset. So as I get here to the end of the year, look back. Did I save the maximum amount of money in the last 12 months based on my circumstances? The book, It's Your Wealth, Keep It, chapter three, dedicated to savings rate and the mindset of a person who saves. Do I have the right amount of cash reserves? Maybe that's gonna take you two or three years to get there based on where you are, but you gotta start. Is my protection of everything that I have done properly? Is my lifestyle in the right methodology? And if you get all these things in alignment, and you're saving the right amount of money, you're paying the least amount of taxes, you got the right lifestyle because you got to enjoy today. I've got everything strategically done. Over time, you're going to build wealth. And when there are hiccups, you're going to have money available to take advantage of the hiccups that are out there or to get you through the hiccup. So this is my wealth curve mindset maximizer. This is available on Smallwood Wealth as a download. We're going to put it in the show notes so you'll have a download there. That's where it's going to be. So when you go to the wealth curve, smallwoodwealth.com, come over to resources. And on this episode, you'll be the download for the wealth curve mindset maximizer. With that comes a free, no obligation conversation with one of our advisors to talk about what is the maximum mindset for you? It begins with our wealth curve conversation. And the wealth curve conversation is a 30 to 40 minute free, no obligation conversation where we ask you a bunch of questions about you. And then we figure out what is it that you want to achieve. But I think one of the cool things here is with this maximizer mindset tool, if you fill the tool out, you can really get an understanding of where I am, what is maximum, what should I have, and what's my goal? So I built this tool to say, under the savings rate, how much money is going to savings account, how much money is going into retirement, non-qualified other places, what's going into cash reserves, what's the maximum based on my income, what should I have, and what's my goal? And that's what I want you to do. I want you to create goals as we get into the new year. The goal shouldn't be a January thing. The goal should be a 12-month thing, you know, weekly goals. Am I doing what's right? And you're going to get days and months and quarters where you get setbacks, and then you're going to be ahead of the game, and then you'll get a setback, and you'll be ahead of the game. But over a 35, 40-year accumulation phase, you should have some really good opportunities. So I appreciate you listening today. If you're interested in the Wealth Curve Mindset Maximizer, you can download it on the website. After you download it or before you download it, if you want to set up that free, no obligation conversation, you're more than welcome to. I'd like you to check out my partner, Eddie Bayo's Jumping the Wealth Curve podcast, a completely different perspective on the same content. We have different personalities. We take it from a different approach, and I think it's really exciting. Also, check the webinar schedule. We have every other week, there's a webinar where we have guest speakers on to talk about different things in the economy, such as tax law and, you know, infrastructure bills and all these other things. Next one is going to be December 13th, if you're listening to this prior to it, but hopefully you're listening to this long after December 13th came around. But again, this is something that if you take the approach of maximizing each component of the plan, not just one decision, but you look at everything and say, everything is maximum, maximum savings rate, maximum protection, maximum lifestyle within minimum world, right? The right house for my situation, the right mortgage payment, the right rental structure. I have the ability to do what I want to do, which is grow wealth. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Want weekly lessons from John? Hit the subscribe button now. And thanks for listening to Wealth Curve Talk. Wealth Curve.
Reserve Talk with John L. Smallwood is brought to you by Smallwood Wealth Management, an investment advisor representative. Strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone, and the information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action as information and or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Smallwood Wealth Management provides content that is true and accurate as of the date of publishing. However, we give no assurance or warranty regarding the accuracy, timeliness, or applicability of any of the contents. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this website or podcast and disclaim all liability in respect of such information, including, but not limited to, any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, misleading, or defamatory statements.